good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. This week I've been asked many questions about what's going on in Russia, what's going on in Ukraine, and what's happening. Before I get into my sermon, I want to share a few things with you, and I want to give you some understanding about some current events that's going on. Sooner or later, Russia has to come back together, okay? We need to understand this because Russia and China are part of the red horse, and we're going to get to that later, the four horses of the apocalypse. But if you'll remember back in the 80s when we had uh, President Reagan and Gorbachev, there was a thing that was said to Gorbachev, and it said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And without really any kind of any official statement, when they heard that, people attacked the wall and started tearing the wall down to the point that literally the guards didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know to shoot, not shoot. They, they didn't know. And so people just started flooding out of the, uh, the city there and coming across the wall. And people were taking chunks of this wall and tearing it down. Well, when that happened, the Soviet bloc broke. Like the wall was broken, the Soviet bloc broke. In order for Revelation to come back, this, this force, this thing has got to come back together that we see in Revelation as the red horseman or the horse of the apocalypse. And when it happens, it's going to be part of Russia. It's going to be part of China. They're going to create this. And we're going to get into that in depth later. But you need to understand that God is allowing things to happen right now. Okay? Understand that. God is allowing this to happen. But what we need to understand is that right now might not be the time that it actually happens. So we pray. We pray for every one of those people that are in Ukraine right now. And the reason that we pray for them is if you look at anything that's going on online right now, you see that the Christians that are there, they are praying for deliverance. They are our brothers and our sisters in Christ, and we need to be praying for them. Amen? In this building, Jeff alluded to it earlier today. He didn't allude to it. He flat said it. We've had two children from Ukraine hosted by a very special family in this church that have been with us in this body and been part of us, and we need to remember them. Amen? We need to pray a hedge of protection around those children because we all know that when something like this happens, it's children that suffer more than anyone because they have parents taken away from them. They're taken from their parents all of the destruction that comes with it, all the fear that comes with it. And we need to remember that God is still God. He's God here and he's God there 100%. Amen? So we see that the stage is now being set. I told you earlier before we ever got started in this series, we are no longer in the last days. We are in the last hours. We are in the last minutes before the coming of Christ. I've searched the scripture and I may be wrong in my statement, but I can't find anything left that must be done in order for Jesus to come back. 
I can't find anything that needs to be done. There's no more checks and boxes. There's nothing left other than the mercy and grace of God right now to try to get more people into the kingdom of God before he comes. And that's where our focus needs to be, guys. We need to understand this is not the time to slack off. This is the time to get on our knees. Never before in our history have we ever seen our nation in this predicament. Our nation is the weakest it has ever been. It is more divided than it has ever been, ever in history. This nation, when it first came together, it was so small that it was thought to be an, an outback, backwater, hillbilly, rough place where you couldn't do anything. And so the English government came over here and Britain came over here to annihilate America, put it back in check, and they got handed something, their backside, and said, no, sir, we won't live like that anymore. And we applaud that because we are Americans, amen? And because of a decision of some people to sacrifice, we have a nation now that was fought for that all of a sudden we've decided to give it away. Amen. You need to understand what I'm saying to you today. Our resolve is less than it has ever been as a nation united. Because of that, there is a weakness. Because of the weakness, people look at us and think they can do whatever. But they're going to find out the same way they did in Ukraine. You go messing with something, you're going to pay a price. You need to listen to me today because we need not be afraid. We need to be ready. Amen? I'm preaching. I'm telling you the truth. You need to listen to me because Jesus is coming back. I'm going to ask you flat looking at you in your face, are you ready? Online, in the room, you need to be ready because he is coming. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13, and we're going to dig into the word today. We're going to see what God's got for us. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. Now, there are some really, no pun intended, key elements that are here in this statement, in these statements that are here. We know that he's talking about Jesus because there's only one that's holy. There's only one that holds the key, and there's only one that opens the door. You need to understand that when God does something, he doesn't half-step. Now, why would it be the key of David? David is the only man in Scripture that God said he's a man after my own heart, after my own heart. That key, that thought process was toward God and toward worship. Now, our next class that we're going to be starting in Bible study is about praise and worship, and it's about the relevance and the importance of praise and worship. And I encourage all of you, Murph's going to get up and, and talk about it later, I encourage all of you to come to this class. If, you, if you're not able to come in person, 
Just contact me. Let me know. Contact April. We can get you a Zoom code so that you can get in on your phone. You can get in on your computer, however you want to do that. But I encourage you to get involved in these Bible study classes because they are changing the way we think and the way we understand Scripture. Amen? So what does it mean to have a door that's open? What does that mean? Have you ever had an opportunity that you could do something, something became available. I'm gonna talk about my daughter-in-law, Erin, for just a minute. Somebody that I love with my whole heart. Recently, she had an opportunity. A door was opened for her and she was struggling to make a decision. Anybody ever struggled to make a decision? She was struggling to make a decision, and she called me, and she said, Howie, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you some questions. And we began to talk about her decision and, and how to make that decision. And she relayed it back to me Saturday when my, my grandson, Zane, had his, how many, how many numbers are you now? You're two hands now, right? He's six years old. Yes. <laughs> and Aaron reminded me of her statement that, that I made, to, of a statement rather that I made to her. And she said, you ask me a question. What do I feel that God wants me to do? She did not want to go and do the other job. She wanted to stay and do the job she was in because she had learned to the job here and she had learned the people here and she liked being here. But she told me, she said, I feel that God wants me to go. And I said, well, what are you going to do? She shared with me yesterday how that God is just moving so greatly and she's finding so much favor with so many of the people around and she's with godly people and people are having prayer and bosses are coming in and praying and it's just unheard of. But God's got a plan, Amen. It's just, it's amazing what God is doing right now because he opened a door for Aaron and Aaron could not go through that door or she could go through the door and when she went through the door, she was blessed. I'm sharing this with you today because you need to understand there are some people here that God has been opening some doors for you. God has been putting some things in play for you and you're not going through the door. God is shutting some doors and you're beating on them. We need to learn how to be in the will of God and that's simply by understanding if we walk up to the door and it's open that a path has been prepared for us. If it's shut, we stand and wait. We wait for God. So when we dig a little deeper, watch this. Jesus says to John, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have li a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Let me tell you something. One of the, the, the biggest things that I'm seeing in this scripture that's standing out to me so much is the fourth line down where it says, a little strength. You have a little strength, but you've kept my word and you have not denied me. 
Guys, do you understand how important that is? How important it is not to deny Christ? We need to learn that we need to stand, if it, even if you don't have a lot of strength, even if you don't feel like it's all there, you need to do it anyway. Stand. God has got you placed right now for whatever reason. I want you guys just for a minute to think about this. Why did God impress on Karen and the fellows family to bring children from the Ukraine? Two years ago, right? A year ago. But, it's, but same year? They, they both came in the same? Okay. Okay. So why did God place that in their hearts to do that? Why, why would God want them to do those things? Something was sown into those children while they were here, while they were in that home, while they were in this church. Something was sown into them, and it was for a purpose and for a reason. There was an open door, and they were able to come through it because somebody called them to come. They were able to do that, but when they went back to where they're from, when they went back home, that seed that was planted will not be lost. Because if that seed's lost, then the rest of it's alive. Because the word declares that one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. Why are these things important today? Because when we send that back, there are some children that know that Americans are not wicked, they're not evil, that they love and they care and they have compassion. No matter what's being told them in their countries. Amen? God's got a plan. Let's keep going. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you, that I have loved you. Now, we've seen this several times about the synagogue of Satan. What is this all about? What is this synagogue of Satan all about? When we look at that, we need to understand that there are people in church that are not what they say they are. They're trying to destroy other people in church. They're trying to destroy churches. I recently had a conversation with someone and they were sharing about how this pastor was saying this and this pastor was doing this and all this kind of stuff. And I just sat and just listened to, to the direction that they were going. All tearing down, all tearing apart, all trying to destroy. And there is a spirit that wants to destroy the church from the inside out. Why do people not come to church? I don't want to go. They're a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want to go to church. There's a, they say one thing and they do something else. Let me tell you something. Nobody in this room is perfect, including me. But nobody is trying to act like they're perfect. We're just people trying to get through another day. We just have something a little bit different than you might have. We may do it a little bit different than you do it, but we're here to worship God. We're here to serve God. We're here to do what God is asking us to do as a body. It's not about perfection. It's about love. 
I don't know of anybody that's ever walked in this place that hasn't been loved on by somebody, that hasn't felt welcomed by somebody. We need to understand that God opened the door for us to be here. And when we look out, we need to be seeing what he's trying to do with us. Now, we've got some things that are going on right now. I talked to uh, Barry Netherton this last week, and I spent quite a bit of time with him. And he was sharing with me about the people that are in the country that we've been talking about. And inside of that, he told me that uh, there, there was some needs. And we were talking about how to get out the, the people that were there uh, that were in bondage and how to, to deal with that situation. And this is what's going on. I just want to share this with you right here. And I want you to listen to me. The lady that we sent the, the funds so that we could bury her, basically. Her name is Yasmin. Her family, because of us being able to send that fund, those funds over there, and all the other people that has helped never forget the blood, they literally went and captured both sides of the family. Parents, children, brothers and sisters, they captured all of them, and they put them into a makeshift prison because they said these people must have money hid somewhere. So Barry was telling me that they've gotten in touch with some attorneys that are there in Pakistan to get these people out of this situation and to get them moved away from there. But I want you to see how many people are affected. Are you ready for this? Remember that one person was thrown into the fire. Amen? Y'all remember that? One person was thrown into the fire. But 29 have been captured and are held. We're dealing with the husband, five married couples, three maiden sisters, and 15 children, ranging from nursing, infant, to 14 years. In order for them to pull this off, they need a total of $12,000, which they've already received five, and they have a remaining balance of $7,000. Now, I'm not, I'm not here today to take up an offering. I'm not here today. I am making you aware that we can get these people out of this situation for $7,000. I've talked to Barry, and Barry and his wife are going to be coming and visiting us. They're going to be coming here. And Barry and his wife are going to be speaking to us about what's going on in Pakistan and, and how this is going to affect these folks. But I want you to know that God gave us an open door here so that we can make an open door somewhere else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that we can make an inroad and an exit for somebody else who's being held against their will. Now, I asked Barry about how this is going to work, how are we going to be able, what's going to keep them from coming back, and from what I understand, when things are done legally in that country, and there's laws that they, that they do, and they, they get uh, court orders, that the people are scared to go against those court orders. They're scared to touch those people because the government has said not to. So they're going to have their, their land returned to them, they're going to have their property returned to them, 
and then they're going to sell everything that they've got where they are, and they're going to another part of the country. And according to what Barry's telling me, that Yasmin's husband uh, is going to um, start a rickshaw business, which is a human taxi cab, basically, okay? And in that, it is a lucrative thing that can be passed down from generation to generation. So all of that's in play right now, and all that's being worked on right now, and, and there are a lot of people that are getting involved in this because we're trying to make a difference. Amen? Now, the Church of Philadelphia was about love. It was about love. It was about that brotherly love, and that's the compassion that we have for all the people that are around this country, all the people that are around the world. We want to help. We want to do what we can do, but we need to make sure that we're good, set right here, right here in our mind, in our heart, that we know what we need to do and we know the way that God wants us to go and we follow through. Amen? Let's keep going. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I want you to focus on something right here. This verse right here is what God revealed to me. People have asked me forever, and I've been taught a certain way about pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, and post-tribulation as far as the word we use called rapture. When will the rapture take place? When will this happen? And I have always believed in the pre-tribulation, but never had put a lock in my spirit I'm standing on this because this is what the word is telling me. It's something that I had believed. It was something that I had been taught, and it was my thought process. But when I read this scripture this week, it totally solidified it for me. I'm not giving you an opinion for yourself. I'm giving you my opinion. Everybody still with me? When it says these words right here, watch this. I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth. That is the persecution. That is when all the stuff comes in, and that's when the world is going to be put to the test. All the world. So in order for them to be kept from that, they won't be here. So what God is giving me that I feel, and I'm telling you that, that this is, this is my feeling, my personal part, this solidifies the position of the pre for me. So I believe that before everything happens, that we're going to be caught up and we're going to be gone. Now, let me explain why I believe that. The pre-tribulation, the tribulation is going to come upon the whole world. It's going to come on the whole earth. Why I believe that is in order for, to develop a one-world government, the evacuation of all the Christians, of all the people that, that worship God and serve God, all of them have to be gone. Why? Because the vacuum that it creates is going to create so much chaos, so much turmoil on the planet, global, that they're going to have to come together somehow unified, and that's going to be, to me, the catalyst that makes that happen. Now, these are my opinions. These are my views. I'm not trying to put them on you. I'm just saying this is what I've studied, this is where I'm at, and this is what I understand today. This is the part that is leading us to see what's about to happen. For years, we've had movies 
that have been about the body snatchers and aliens and, you know, Area 51 and all this kind of stuff and, and people disappearing and all these things that are taking place. There's a reason for all this stuff happening because they're going to have to try to explain without saying that God came and took his children home. They're going to have to give some kind of an answer. And that's what this is all about. This scripture, Revelation 3.10, for me, puts me in a position that I now am, am locked on to the pre-tribulation position. Let's move on. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. This right here, verse 11, we need to hold to what we have. There's an old song we used to sing, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. It talks about, in the lyrics it says, time is filled with swift transition. Those things we need to hold to God's unchanging hand. Our world is changing, and it's changing at such a rapid pace that it is putting us into turmoil. It puts us in a position of chaos, which leads us into a place of fear. And God told us in his word, fear not, for I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen? Let's keep going. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God. Let's keep going. And the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Now, that right there is where the true statement of, of who we are and who we belong to, Jesus is going to give us his name. Now, why is that important? Now, I want you to think about this. Why is that important? It, it's because we are considered the bride of Christ, amen? Amen. Amen? Y'all still with me, right? We are considered the bride of Christ. When a husband and wife gets married, the wife takes the name of the husband traditionally, right? So when we are in heaven, the Bible says that we won't have the gender that we have. There will be no male, no female, no giving in marriage, no marrying. That's not going to be like that. We are going to be the bride of Christ, and when we get to heaven, that name that is given to us is his name. We have his name. We are his betrothed, and we possess his name. Amen? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Why do we keep going over this? Why does this part keep coming back? Why do, because he's saying, I'm going to paraphrase you better listen to me. You better pay attention. This is about to happen. You better get ready. We may or may not get through this study before Jesus comes. Did anybody think about that? I want to ask you another question, just being real about this. If Jesus were to come right now, are you ready to go? I'm not putting any pressure on anybody I'm just asking you a question 
I can't tell you how many conversations lately I've been having with people about this very thing. Are you ready to go? Are you prepared to see Jesus? If you were to stand in front of God right now, are you ready to see him? Guys, we think because we've had all the days of our life up to this point, we think we've got tomorrow. I can promise you, I can promise you from the phone calls, from the meetings, from the counseling sessions that I've been in lately, we don't have tomorrow. Your world can turn around just like that. The phone can ring and you can lose somebody that you care for deeply. We've watched people suffer. We've watched people lose their life. We've watched people deal with horrendous diseases. I'm watching my father slowly, little by little, lose his ability to get around, to walk. And it depends on the time of day whether I can even understand what he's saying. I can tell if he's really tired, if he's having a bad day because he struggles to talk to me. And that's heartbreaking. But I also know that when he stands before God, he's going to hear, well done. That's what counts, right? That's what matters. Guys, it's not about the ups and the downs. It's not about the highs and the lows. It's not about I made it today and I, I struggled today and I, I tripped and I fumbled and I fell on my face. None of that matters for yesterday. It's about today. It's about right now. It's about get up. Dust yourself off and try again. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.